Welcome back to The Need to Know, a podcast presented by We Roam Freely. We Roam Freely is a nonprofit organization dedicated to uplifting and showcasing women and non-binary artists of color and fighting against systemic racism in the arts. We have some amazing artists lined up to share their stories and help inspire creators like you along their journey. Stay till the end of our episode to find out more about our current artist opportunities and events. On this week's episode, our host Sayaka catches up with Shahada Morel, who is showcased with We Room Freely in our first virtual event back in November 2020. Shahada is a multidisciplinary visual artist who's often spiritually driven to create. Her artwork, mainly consisting of narrative self-portraits, reveals themes of self-reflection and encourages collective and generational healing. Today, the conversation revolves around self-reflection, learning through negativity and growth. All right, let's get into it. What is the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice I've ever been given is I would say that like goes with me throughout my whole life is um, advice that my mom gave me was to know you're good, bad and ugly. She always she always would tell me to like know my good, bad and ugly so that I can be able to know myself and be able to present myself at a at a real clear point, you know, knowing all of my good, knowing all of my bad and in and, and going even deeper to knowing like my ugly and the ugly is not necessarily something that's bad, but it's just something that like people won't really know from like face value or they wouldn't know from like knowing you for a short period of time. You know what I mean? Like just being real transparent and just being open with who you are first and foremost. I think that is pretty solid advice. Are you and your mom close? Uh, not, I mean, we, we, we got our ups and downs, you know what I mean? There's certain things that she's done in life that I don't agree with. But, you know, at the end of the day, she's brought me into this world, so I got to love her for that. But we're not, like, so, so close. No. Yeah, that reminds me of um, when we were doing the webinar for the Artist Showcase, and you had said something of the lines of, in order to unconditionally love someone, you have to t- be able to tolerate them. Oh, and yeah, that is sure. something that stuck with me so much. That <laughs> stuck with me. I was like, wow, like you're right. That is the definition of unconditional love. I could just sit here and, and take your existence, whether I like you or not, and just coexist yeah. with you. That yeah. is some true love right there because people do yep. be working your nerves. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. I had to learn that from my family first and foremost because these people are different. You know, like I'm, I feel like, like, the, like the black sheep of the whole the whole family like I'm way different the way my mindset is is very different the way that I do things is different so you know but I still got to love them and respect them for being who they are you know what I mean so now I feel you um definitely about being the black sheep of the family or you can just tell by my appearance like I'm the black sheep <laughs> wherever I go <laughs> which is cool it's something I had to learn to embrace I'm like okay I don't have to keep turning toning myself down mm-hmm. in order to fit into these places and I'm not mm-hmm. going to I don't want to anymore yeah, you know, because it's really excruciating to try to fit into the places because I've done that for like a real large uh, part of my life, like, you know, trying to fit in, trying to be something that I wasn't. And it just like really just toys with your soul. You're like really torn on the person that you really are deep inside and the person that you're trying to present to be just to fit in. So, you know, it's, it's really freeing once you just relax and be who you are. Now, what point do you think you were able at what point do you think you came to that revelation, that breakthrough of like, you know what, I'm not being myself. This is not who I want to be anymore. Like I can't fake it anymore. Uh, it was real recent, you know, like I recently turned 24. So I would say probably when I was like 22 years old, I think during the time when I was like 22 and I stopped, like I was graduating from, um, college with my bachelor's and I was working full time, going to school full time. And I was spending more time like by myself and like away from my family. And once you just like sit with yourself for a real long time, well, for me, it was just like, 
you know, I like myself. I like my company. I like the way I think. I like the things that I do. I like my interests. And once you come out of that hiatus and you're with other people that don't like the things that you like, it like it made me feel weird. Like, why am I even uh, wasting my time? Especially when I don't really have time to give. It's like, why am I sitting here doing the things that I don't really like to do for people because they want to do it. You know what I mean? So that's when it just changed my mind to being like, yo, I'm going to, I'm going to voice this. Like I'm going to voice the fact that I'm, this is a privilege me giving my time away to do things that you want to do. Cause I don't necessarily want to do it, you know? And it's like, do something that I want to do for once. Like let's, let, let's compromise. You know what I mean? Like, so no. yeah, I would say recently. I hundred, I wholeheartedly feel you. So I've honestly just gained my confidence as of recently too. Um, I'll be twenty two next month. So oh around, wow, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm not I'm really not trying to get old. I feel like I wasted twenty one to COVID. Like <laughs> if you ask me, I'm gonna be twenty one again. But my birth certificate, or whatever, want to say twenty two. <laughs> right, that's so beautiful. It was around March when quarantine happened. I shaved my head off completely and I was able to like just look uh, at my face. And at first uh-huh. it was like a really scary, really, really scary look. And then I uh-huh. just started to look at my face. And you're right. Once you started like, you know, just being by yourself, um, you went to school. I moved up. I just moved away from home. Um, I first uh-huh. moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And then I moved to New York City. Uh-huh. And especially like coming from New York City and coming back and trying to be around the same people, the same friends and things like that. I realized how, how nothing has changed and uh-huh. how everything that I used to talk about when I was younger, like not saying like, I want to be like some superhero, but I always would talk about like just changing the world and people are like, Oh, like that's uh-huh. such a broad thing to do. And I'm like, no, like I can actually make a difference. And these are things I didn't realize until I was able to move. So it's like being around people who don't want to have conversations on social justice or just things that, are, that we see as society aren't correct and when I'll you know say something about it like oh like you're on this or you're that person or you're the liberal or you're this that and the third because I'm voicing yeah. my concerns on things that I genuinely care about you're right it's like why am I around you like for a longest time you made mm-hmm. me feel like these things didn't matter that I couldn't matter in this situation and like I'm coming yep. back like hey like I've made a difference I can see how we can make a difference if you guys want to do it together since you know like you said compromise like it's okay we want to go smoke and turn up this day but mm-hmm. I'm still trying to you know get some shit done in the community I'm still trying to progress in life like can we not compromise like why can't yeah. we do both as friends or as peers or as family yep yep and uh i think that that is interesting that you said that you had to move away from your family because or like move away from that type of environment and like just be isolated by yourself because isolation i think is a good thing you know i think the society makes it seem like isolation is bad or it's like weird but it could be really beneficial towards your growth because when um the reason the reason why I was more left alone even more because I had got evicted out of my apartment with my mom in Brooklyn. So um, I was li- I'm from Brooklyn. Originally, I was I was born and raised. Well, I was born in Manhattan, but raised in Brooklyn for like 19 years of my life. And then my apartment was getting evicted and my mother wasn't like letting us know that it was getting evicted. So once I found out, I was like, yo, I'm going to move with my dad. And I moved them with my dad in Staten Island. So it was just me and my dad for like, you know, those first couple of years. And I was in my, in, in the beginning of my twenties. So I was like, Oh, you know, like I wasn't around my mom. I wasn't around my environment. I wasn't in my, cause I lived in a project. So I wasn't around my regular friends. I wasn't doing the things that I normally would have done. So that, you know, was the perfect hiatus that I did need. It was the perfect isolation that I did need for the time to be able to grow and transform my mindset. And, um, yeah, I think that's that that's um that was needed, you know, that was destined for me to do. And I think it's once I started going back and like being around the same environment that I used to be, it was just like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, like there were certain distractions that wasn't beneficial anymore for for the age that I was in the mindset that I did transform in. And it was just like, nah, some 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 people I didn't even, you know, chill with anymore. It was like a complete uh, cut of the connection. And then it was some people that I did tolerate because that unconditional love was there and it still is needed. So, you know, yeah. Isolation is key sometimes. It is. And we 
society is either like you have to isolate or you can't isolate and i kind of don't like that not even like talking about COVID times but just like in general right like right. people you always find those people like because i can fall victim to being this person too like oh i don't need anybody i can do it all by myself and when reality in society we do need each other but there's mm-hmm. this like needing each other and still being able to isolate and people often make it seem as if you're acting funny when you start isolating rather than mm-hmm. you don't really know what I was going, what I'm going through. And I was explaining to right. a friend earlier today, actually, I was like, I, when I isolate, it's usually because I'm self-destructing. I don't want to self-destruct in front of other people. I don't want to bring other people down. Like I'm isolating to protect you because like mm-hmm. you said, you do have to sit with your good, your bad, and your ugly as you're getting to know yourself. Mm-hmm. And a big issue that I've been coming across is just going, not even like reliving my past, but just understanding it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and being mad about it, being upset about it, and having the right to understand that I can be mad about it because I just lived it for so long. I didn't process it. I didn't understand what was going, how it was impacting me, how it was affecting me. Exactly. So, you know, like you realize all exactly. these problems that you come from more than like the regular problems that you can see rather than being broke or living on top of each other, like whatever you can physically mm-hmm. see in your struggle, you start to realize like your traumas Then you start mm-hmm. seeing your parents and you know, your mm-hmm. cousins mm-hmm. and you're becoming so aware of things. It hurts so much to be around, around these people, especially in the same situation. And these are people right. that you love and it hurts mm-hmm. even more if you can't help them. So you're right. Mm-hmm. People should stop taking isolation so personal when it's like, I'm trying to be the best I can be so I can yeah. be the best for you. And it's like, why don't you want me to be the best that I can be? Like, don't you want the best version of me? Right. And you try to figure out your placeholders in the, like in everyone's life. Like, am I just yeah. here to hold this space or do you genuinely like care about me? Exactly. Exactly. I definitely agree because I was just going to say that, you know, I think for those people that are not understanding that you do need time to yourself is very selfish because they just want you there for whatever they want you there for, for them. You know, because if I can't sit here and express to you my traumas with you without you understanding or wanting to speak to them or speak about them, then that means you just want me to be here for you to have you be happy and feel and fill this space or fill this void that you have because you're you don't want to necessarily do the work that it takes that comes with isolation. You know what I mean? So that's what I think of when I think of like people that's just like, oh, like why why don't you want to chill or why haven't we chilled? And and I'm basically voicing to you, yo. I need time to myself. Yo, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And you st- and you still want me to break out of that just for you? That's highly selfish. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> and it wasn't <laughs> until not. I moved when you realized like you're not the only one who thinks this way. And as individual and unique as we may be as as people, there's mm-hmm. a world full of people that we have so much in common with that we haven't met yet. Yeah, that it's yeah. out there in the world yeah. and it was crazy like especially coming to the city and meeting people when I came to New York City I touched like all five okay all four boroughs not including Staten Island I went to Staten Island but like <laughs> in, the, in my first week and a half I touched four boroughs and Yonkers like just trying like just trying to like find work to just figure some shit out and I'm like where are you originally talking, from? I'm originally from Greensboro, North Carolina oh okay okay I've been over there yeah, so it was like meeting people and they were like, well, I haven't been to Brooklyn in 15 years or I've never been to Brooklyn or I've never been to Queens. I'm like, you live a train ride away. Like, what do you mean you've never been mm-hmm. anywhere? Like, you realize mm-hmm. how people decide to sit there and to be stagnant. And I'm yeah. not saying it's a decision because it is uncomfortable. It is hard. Like, to just be able to leave takes a lot yeah. that people don't really see. And it, a lot of times it hurts the person leaving more than the people that they're, that's being left. Yeah, I think I honestly think that it's a it's a, um, a ploy that the government does within projects. You know what I mean? Because I really feel like the people I think it's meant to be isolated. You know, like there's things that I like bring up about like the ghetto or the name ghetto. It re- refers back to um, when it refers back to the Holocaust when they would put the Jews into the ghettos, they would isolate the Jews and they would isolate them in ghettos to get them away from, you know, the rest of society before they put them in concentration camps. So whenever I think of the ghetto, I think of, um, I think of the Holocaust. And I think that it's just so interesting. The fact that both of the names are similar and it's just, that's what they do to, you know, minorities in the society. They put them in ghettos, they put them in projects to isolate them away from other uh, communities in the society 
society and we get complacent and we stay within what we're comfortable with. You know, we have these buildings, we have multiple families that live within the same projects. We have friends, we have schools that is in our, you know, diameter of where we live and, and we can't go outside the diameter because then we can get in trouble. Like that's a law. If you, you know, use a different address and it's not your living address, then you can get in trouble for going to another school that's not within your community, within the diameter of your community. So it's just like they do things purposely to keep us within the same community so that we don't venture off and, that, and so that we don't meet other people that have like minds or have, you know, different dynamic minds. You know what I mean? They keep us complacent so that we can be all one track mind and that we all just stay docile. You took, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. And I love hearing other opinions like this because I will say things of the sort and it's, oh, you're just tr like, you're tripping, you're pulling the race card, you're thinking too deep into it or X, Y, and no. Z. And I'm just like, nah, like it can't just be me. I can't be the only one who just sees this. <laughs> like, why are you falling for this? Like now I'm upset that you're falling for like, you're going to trust yep. this white person before me. Mm -hmm. like, I don't care yeah. what you do with your life. They care what you do with your life. I would just want you to be free and happy. They want you to be poor and broken. You're going to trust what they're telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I, I really don't have specifically, eh, don't have anything against just white people, but the people that I, I have something against white America, like I have something against the government and how it's constructed. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very, very evident the way that they do things. And if you're not paying attention to it and you're just like, oh, conspiracy, conspiracy, then you're playing into what they are doing. You know what I mean? Because it's very, it's very evident, especially if you're paying attention to school, things connect OD. Like it's like, it's ridiculous how it connects. And if you're not paying attention to those connections, then you're just you're, you're just lost in the in the matrix. You are. And I remember being in school and I, my first day, this is my very first day. The principal, um, I was wearing a pencil skirt and a shirt and a tucked in shirt. <clears throat> pencil skirt goes down to my knees. Um, and the principal like calls calls home and was like basically saying what I wore on the first day of school. My ninth grade year was inappropriate. So from there, I kind of already realized I was going to have problems with the school. So from there, I'm like, okay, I'm really going to wear whatever I want. Like the first day, I'm a ninth grader. You don't even know me. Like mm -hmm, <laughs> you don't yeah. know. You had to <laughs> right. figure out who I was to go tell my mom that what she saw me walk out the house in was inappropriate. Was yes. He probably was over-sexualizing your whole it, body for sure. It, it definitely was. It definitely was. And I peeped things like that from when I was younger. And I remember around like my 10th or 11th grade year, like they called my mom and shit. My mom was like, don't keep calling me in for this shit when I see these little white <laughs> bitches wearing their asses out and you calling me about my child. She's like, no, right. like, we're not going to do this anymore. And it was from mm -hmm. there, you're right. Like you notice like little patterns like that. Like I'll notice how they'll mm -hmm. send the same kids to ISS or they'll have the minorities in, um, the minorities in certain classes at a certain time of the day, like, or mm -hmm. our cafeteria was very segregated. Like I would peep things like that from a, like just from an early age and I'll speak on it. And they're like, no, like you're tripping. And so I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I might be tripping. Like I could be overthinking it. Like you're right. And it wasn't until like yeah. I moved and I was trying to receive help in the city. The thing about New York City, it is, po is placed, <clears throat> let me see. It is put as this place where you can go and make anything you want, you know, accomplish anything you want. And granted, yeah. you can do that if you have the resources and the mind. So coming there and at first, like when I was in North Carolina, I wasn't able to see, receive health care. Like I had no health care at all. This is what oh, really wow. pissed me off. Um, when I turned 19, they cut off my health care. They gave me family planning. Family planning only covers yearly visits and birth control. They already wow. put they already put me on birth control all the way back in seventh grade. I'm not saying there was no, there was my period was definitely irregular, but they shouldn't have just put me on birth control. Right, so I right. was on birth control from like seventh seventh grade till I was about eighteen or nineteen. That's when they gave me that fanning plan, and I was like, whoa, why the fuck? The only thing you paying for is my birth control. Like you don't care about nothing else. Like I got a lot of shit going on. I just got a car accident, <laughs> and you're telling me the only thing you cover is my like my birth control. So I when I went to the city and I was able to receive Medicare or Medicaid. That's interesting. That's because they don't want you to reproduce. Exactly, and I peeped that. So when I went to the city and I like was getting the Medicaid, I was so geeked. I was like, wow, I was like actually a place that actually cares about their citizens is at the third. As I'm going right. through these cycles, you know, receiving uh, benefits and things like that, I'm realizing every time I. I make a referral for something, my Medicaid gets shut off. 
You gotta reapply for food stamps three, four times. You gotta reapply for food stamps three, four times a month. I'm spending hours there. So the point I was like, okay, I don't need your food. Like I'll go work one yeah. extra shift to make yeah. up. Like I, you know, like I ain't got it, but I'd rather go work That's that one catch. day. And it's like you see people get caught up in the cycles, and I'm seeing people who are not smart. Not even saying they're not smart enough. They just don't know. They don't have the research. Like they, their brain can't don't have doesn't have the capacity to see what we see to handle what we handle, and it's not yeah. fair to them that they're being caught up in this system. I could have easily been caught up if I didn't have the right mind, if I didn't see what you're doing was fucking me over and called mm-hmm. you out right there and just left. Like the whole system yeah. is you have to make under a certain amount to even receive, to even receive help. The poverty line for the United States is $10,000 and change. $10,000. They're saying you can afford one person. One, the single person can't even afford to live by themselves, even in places outside of New York City. It was like coming from right. North Carolina where minimum wage was seven twenty five and their minimum wage is up there is fifteen. And you realize minimum wage, that's when I had like my first was I'm like, minimum wage still ain't shit. Like it's fifteen dollars an hour for a reason. Like that fifteen ain't gonna yeah. get me nowhere. Like I don't give a fuck if it's seven dollars more than what I was making, because it still mm-hmm. don't get me anywhere where I'm at. And so like you right, repeat right. things like that and you like it's like how are you not mad when you live in this society every day? How are you expecting people not to be mad? How are you expecting me not to be mad and not to speak mm-hmm. on it? And how are we just going about our days not caring? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's about that, like, self-reflection that I think certain beings have that other beings don't, you know what I mean? I think it's about, you know, people not really questioning those things. They're just moving along and just, like, just doing whatever they're, like, told to do, you know what I mean? Not really questioning and really rebelling, or uh, not even, not, not really even necessarily rebelling, but just, like, really questioning the, 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 the society and the things that they are, they have to do, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't add up. It's like they're just living, you know what I mean? Instead of, like, wanting to live the ways that they want to live, they just, like, just going with the flow with things like, oh, um, I have a kid. This is what they're giving me. I'm going to do what I need to get it. Like, that's just it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. So if this is the only option that I have, then that's just it. Rather than being like, why is this the only option that I have? What, let, let's let's uh, p- promote or, you know, make up a different option and enforce it and go to a council meeting. You know what I mean? Like, there's different other outlets that we could be looking forward to or going towards, but there's there's not enough searching for it and it's not enough education like for it. You know what I mean? And, and it's placed for a reason. Yeah, they have definitely, the government, white America, the white society, the richest people on this earth have definitely done a great job of trying to keep us where we're at in these cages. 100%. In these cages, in these neighborhoods, in these mindsets, in these tax mm-hmm. brackets. Mm-hmm. And they'll, and it's kind of weird for me because they will do this thing where they especially like use God as in, you know, God's going to get me through another day, this, that, and the third. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just, there are people be like, I'm just grateful God gave me something to eat today. And it was one point, because I'm a firm believer in God. I love Jesus. I love Christ. Like, I'm a firm believer in God. And it was a point where I was like, yo, like, I'm not trying to be rude or disrespect for anything, God, but like, I deserve to eat. Like, I sh- like, I'm not saying I'm ungrateful and I shouldn't be thanking you for the food, but I shouldn't be thanking you for some noodles and there's niggas out there eating 10-course meals and I've been eating yeah. noodles for the past week. It don't like, make sense. It don't make sense. Make and I was like, sense, right? like, you can't convince me this guy that I love so much is okay with me eating noodles and you're not about to sit here and sell that story to me. And, like, a lot mm-hmm. of people, they're being sold these stories. Like, this is all you deserve. Like, this is all you're worth. And it was like, mm-hmm. even growing up as a child, like, I'm not, like, I don't, I love my mom to death, but there were times where she made me feel like I didn't even deserve a house to live under or I didn't deserve yeah. food in my stomach and that shit carried as I was growing up and I don't blame her because it's a society that that tells us especially as dark yeah. women we don't yep. deserve shit yep it and you down. have to get out of that and you have to realize like yo you do deserve the like why is this person getting x y and z why does this person have somewhere to sleep every night and you're telling me I'm busting 40 50 60 70 hours a week and I don't deserve to have somewhere to sleep mm-hmm and it's, yeah, and I don't, they have definitely did a good job of trying to keep the herd together. Yeah, tamed, trying to, yeah. Trying to keep us tamed, but they can't. I realize that I think, now. I think for sure religion is definitely a key, a key point in keeping the society tamed and like keeping them doing the things that America wants them to do, to be very honest. Um, Because, I mean, I'm a firm believer in a higher entity for sure. Um, But in religion necessarily and the ways that it's constructed is very weird for me. It's always have been. And I, I was born in 
under like Islam. So I was Muslim, you know, or, you know, was um, raised in Islam. And it's just, it's just a lot of things were really different between like the way that they try to enforce um, woman roles. And like, it was just kind of weird for me because it's just like a lot of these, a lot of these uh, religions and a lot of the, well, not even a lot of these religions, just specifically my religion that I was raised under. A lot of these rules and regulations that they place on women is so different Mm -hmm. and it was so related or like comparing it against the society on like the way women is supposed to be and the way men is supposed to be it just clinks up with the religion and and, and it really was interesting to me to be like oh you know um you know just like what the majority knows about like men having or men it being okay for men to have like multiple wives but women can't have multiple husbands or they can't or they have to be covered up and and, until a man says so you know what I mean like just leaving and giving the most power to the man rather than the woman was always interesting to me as if like women don't have a voice and like women aren't the mothers and you know the thinkers of the whole society you know what I mean so it was just like it was just really interesting to me just me being a powerful being and me being like hmm that's that's not right or hmm that's not you know cool but then it's also like you can't question it you know what I mean and it's like why I can't question this when God gave me conscious and it's crazy because the one thing God wants you to do is test him it's like yo I got free will for a reason exactly (laughs) shit don't get done until I'm like yo God you said you were gonna do this like it wasn't like I started questioning the Lord where they showed me that the Lord is the Lord so it's right. crazy for them, like, yeah, don't question the guy. Like, no, like, he wants you. Like, he right. wants no, like, all he wants to do is tell him that, you know, shows that you are the guy, that you're the most powerful. That's your exactly. whole job. That is exactly. your whole, like, but exactly. I, I definitely, and people have this theory, they're like, they believe religion is man-made. And I, believe, yeah. I don't, I don't believe religion is man-made. I would never give man the fucking grace, the power to even think that they can come up with something so fucking out this world, like, Religion is something you can't even wrap your head around. I do believe religion is real. Do I believe that men and like humans and men in general have used religion as a tool to get what they want and reward yeah. it? Definitely. But like to have the concept that they created, I'm like, nah, like you give them way too much credit. Yeah, I think I think definitely religion was, you know, contorted. Like, you know what I mean? I think it was shifted and, and twisted around from man. I think that's what this man made about it. You know, I think certain principles that's within it isn't like I think certain principles and morals that in it that is in it wasn't really man-made but I think the way that I think there were certain things added and certain things taken out from man and then placed and enforced in the society so that's what I I think for sure yeah I wholeheartedly believe that and even when it comes to like a lot of the self-reflection I do is like through God I'm like okay like I want to do this, but this is not something that the Lord would approve of. I'm not even saying like I'm like super holy or super like I do believe I'm not super holy. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that because God wouldn't want me to do that. There's definitely been times where I've been like, hmm, shouldn't be doing this. The Lord might be mad, but I'm going to like see what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely been time. Like a lot of me being able to be peaceful or forgiving to myself in general is, has been yeah. through, like God and has been able to experience that unconditional love through the Lord where I'm able to put that into human emotions and to express it through my human vessel. So mm-hmm. I think religion is definitely something that helps you self-reflect and that we yeah. should use for that too purposely and not to save or to guide or to influence when you're right. This being did give us free will. Like, how are you going to take mm-hmm. that away? Like the Lord yeah. gave me free will. How are you going to take that away? A human being. Exactly. I think, I think it definitely um, is very I think it definitely ties in within um, self-reflection. And I think that religion, I think everyone has their own religion if we're just speaking about the ways of living because everyone is different and unique. So it's like you have to figure out your ways of being. You have to figure out your ways of living to go according to your own religion. You know what I mean? You can't go, when you go against yourself, then that's when you're committing sin. You know what I mean? That's when it feels bad. That's when it toys with your soul. So it's like you have to really make up your own ways of life and you have to make up your own religion because you are the ruler necessarily of your own life path of your of this plane you know what i mean so that's what i i think 
you know, for myself is like, you know, there's certain morals that you have within yourself that you don't want to go against. Like, for example, for me, it's like, you know, I, I believe that I'm a powerful person. And I think that whoever is with me has to, whoever's with me romantically has to compromise with what I come with rather than me have to just fully submitting to whatever that they want me to do because religion tells me to. That's different. You know, that would be me committing sin on myself because I would be very unhappy giving away myself completely to somebody that doesn't, you know, isn't open to the person that I am in the ways of my mind. So it's like, that's what I think about it. Uh, and you can tell your power be just <clears throat> behind the conviction that's behind your voice. Mm-hmm. Like when you speak, you are a type of person that speaks and people like, I personally feel inclined to shut the fuck up and listen. And that's power in your voice. Like, I can feel the vibrations when you speak through a computer. I've never even met you in person. Every single time, like, I hear the vibrations when you speak. Like, the room be shaking. <laughs> be a web call. Shake the room. When I shake the room. Nah, thank you, though. You know, it's, it's, I'm really passionate. Really you passionate. are. And that's why I wanted to have you. And I never even correlated sinning with going against yourself. Because I always say, like, I don't believe in sin. I believe in morality. If something's morally wrong... You feel it. And that's a great way mm -hmm. to look at it. Like, there is no set of rules saying, like, you can't do X, Y, and Z for us to focus on. Mm -hmm. Like, there are certain things I believe, like, thou should not kill. You're right. I don't think I should be taking nobody else's life either. I'm not God. I ain't giving it. I ain't taking it. Like, you're right. right. Maybe that's something <laughs> right. there. But, like, thou should not, like, hurt someone else. Like, or whatever. Like, they're like, thou, like, I don't even know the, the, the tense sentence because. Girl, I wouldn't I know either, girl. Because I don't believe it. I was like, I'm not going to take my time to, like, remember them. Right, right. But that is a really good way to put it, that when you sin, like, you're just basically going against yourself. Mm-hmm. That could, I think that could help a lot of people change their perspective on what they do and how they do and why they're doing it. Yep, yep. And that's what I try to, you know, in, in, input into my work. You know what I mean? Every All the keys that I learned within this life journey, I try to put within my art just to spark the mind. You know what I mean? Just so that they could think for themselves rather than just thinking in the mindset that the society wants them to think. It's like, break away from that a little bit. And like, how do you feel about this? Something that's just not normal, quote unquote, you know, something that's not, you know, what everybody else does, quote unquote. How do you feel about it does it resonate with your soul you know what i mean because they're not sitting here and they're caught up in the rat race they're not sitting here questioning the 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 abnormal they're not questioning the things that you know not everybody does so once that is in within your spirit within your consciousness it, you can't shake it you know what i mean once that question is posed it's always within you it's like hmm what uh, you're right that makes a good point you know what i mean then you just dwell on it more and you see what the being comes up with <laughs> yeah there's definitely a point in time that you're going to that I've come across, I'm pretty sure you come across when you realize like shit ain't the same and ain't will never be the same. Facts. You can 100%. go back to wherever you came from as much as you want to, but it's not going to fill the void. It's not going to please you anymore. It's not going to fulfill your spirit. Your spirit's still going to be starved. And mm -hmm. there's no worse feeling than your spirit being starved. It's worse mm -hmm. than hunger. It's worse than depression. Like knowing that you need something, you're not getting it and you mm -hmm. can't physically consume it. And you have to find another way. That shit is hard. You don't, like, yeah. it leaves you stuck. And that's when you really would need something to lean on, whether that's yourself, whether that's a deity, whether that's a pastor or a teacher. Like, you would need something. And a lot of times you would need that something from inside yourself. Because yeah. the world is so temporary. People are temporary. Buildings are temporary. Our vessels are even temporary, but our souls are forever. Yeah, and, and that's what's really sad because... You know, that's the ways of our mindset. You know, I I really honestly believe what the world has come to is majority people do not feel like that. They do not feel like their soul is eternal. They don't feel like that's what they need to lean on. They don't need to lean on these other people or, or a higher entity to be able to fill that void. I feel like they don't understand that this these buildings and these materialistic things are temporary. They hold them at most value than their actual soul and their actual self. You know what I mean? I feel like whenever they, whenever majority people have, um, you know, a problem or issue that, or, or like just saying like their, their soul is starved. I think they fill that void with, uh, things that are, that are, ter that, that are temporary for yeah, external validation. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And they hold it as if it's going to be like the long haul and it's like, dang, but that's because I believe people are way more attached to this life path. They're attached to this lifetime. You know what I mean? So it's like, they're, they're so scared of like realizing that, you know, 
there's more to this world. There's more to these materialistic things. You know what I mean? It's so it's so beautiful and it feels it's so powerful to know yourself and to love yourself and to to be confident with self more than just getting something to make you feel confident or getting something to fill that void for a little bit of time. It's always going to be something that you're going to need to fill that void if you're not filling yourself up with you. No, you're right. And then you just run around this rat race of just mm-hmm. working to get these things to fill your temper, to fill these voids for the temporary satisfaction. And it goes, the government has made it to a point where, and it's kind of weird that they put you in a place where they give you like things like money to make mm-hmm. you be quote unquote self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. So you're placing mm-hmm. this idea that you can be independent but you're still needing this money to go buy a resource for somewhere else. So therefore you're buying something from somewhere else. You're not independent right there, but they have you thinking that you're independent, that you don't need anyone. And that when you do need someone that you need the government and that when mm-hmm. you need the government, they're going to make you feel bad for needing them. Because that's exactly. not what they're like. That's not what their job is there for as if they're just there to look pretty. Exactly. And then you get caught up in this cycle. And then that's when you really have to sit down and realize like, yo, like this shit is not for me. This shit is not normal. This shit doesn't work. Yeah, I'm like you shouldn't be spending 10, 20, 30, 40 years at a job just to retire to barely yeah. make, to barely live good. You know what I mean? Exactly. The whole life, yeah, you wasting your whole time in excruciating pain. <laughs> like you're like, oh no, I have to do this and I have to do this. I have to wake up. I have to. I'm not even putting myself first. Yeah, like come on, that's just it's ridiculous. And it goes back to what you were saying, how they think that our souls are these temporary things, and that's what they kind mm-hmm. of feed off. They feed off these dead souls to make whatever money that they need or whatever. I'm pretty sure this shit's way bigger than money. I'm not even going to limit it to money. But whatever they yeah. need off these dead, empty souls or mm-hmm. souls that are, they're not even dead, that they just don't know are alive within them. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. They take them. It's almost like, you know, it's like a game. Like, who, how many? And that's how I always felt like religion has been. It's like a game. Whatever deity is one good deity and one bad, or I don't even say good or bad. There's one positive or negative because that's science in general. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> that's just science. And 100%. yeah, I just think one deity has a lot more minions on this earth than the other, but the other mm-hmm. one has stronger, stronger minions, you know, stronger people working for them. Because mm-hmm. the same conviction that's in your voice or my voice or other people who have a, have a platform, who have an influence that actually truly inspire people, that same energy that's in your voice, they need about 10 people to fill. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. why so many of them, because they don't have the power that we have. And I'm not the type of person to believe that black people have all the power. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of power within black people. Yes, I do. Yeah, right. And that right. makes sense mainly because that's all I'm around for the most part. That's all I know. That's all I see. Right. But I see the power that's in us that they're trying to take away just so they can almost like on that get out type shit, you know, where they get down. And I was like, that shit might not be literal, but that shit's definitely like happening. Definitely happening. Definitely happening. But yeah, they make it seem like our souls are just something that could be sold. And they even talk about it like in songs and shit like, oh, I sold my soul to the devil for like a couple Mm -hmm. dance. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. damn, like that temporary satisfaction. Like I heard heaven, like I heard that shit is an eternity, bro. Like, exactly. I ain't trying to go to hell for the time. I don't even like being hot. Like, how y'all do it? I don't even, honestly, I had to change my whole mindset on hell in itself too. You know what I mean? Because that's another thing that would allow me to be real um stagnant in life you know what i mean i can't do this i can't do that because i think if i commit a certain sin that i'm going to hell i think we already in hell if you ask me like you know what i mean the way i think hell is a mindset heaven is a mindset and i think you know the soul just recycles you know what i mean i think it's not yeah i think that's just that's just what it really is for me i think when you pass on you transcend and then your energy is just recycled back to wherever you finna be and i think that if you have a mindset that's really discouraging and negative then you're in a hell type of mindset you know you're in a dark place but if you have a lighter mindset a more freer mindset then you live in heaven you help you live in bliss you know what i mean so that's what I definitely think of. And I don't think people think of these things, you know what I mean? Because they just think of things so literal because that's how we're, you know, we're, we're, we're conditioned and we're taught to think so literal in school. You know what I mean? It has to be this and that, and that's that, you know what I mean? That's how you really condition the mind of being like, yo, two plus two equals four, you know what I mean? And that's that, you know what I mean? This, this word is this word. English is English. And that is the, the, 
main uh, language, and that's that. Like, there's other languages, you know what I mean? And 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 it's just, you know, it's just so crazy the the way that they condition the mind. You know, it's so it's so crazy. And another thing is, it's what's even more crazy is. I ha- I didn't learn about these things until I was in college. Like when I was in college and I would like um have philosophy courses which aren't like main courses, you know what I mean? They're not within the within the main structure of the things that you need in order to graduate. Those are external things. If you want to learn about philosophy, you have to major in philosophy. You have to take philosophy courses. You know what I mean? They're not really within the 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 um structure of what you need in order to graduate. So if you not looking and you're not seeking out for that knowledge this is knowledge that you're not gonna get until you get it for yourself and 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 what is really implementing for you to get that what is really pressing for you to get this type of knowledge to be able to break your mind open way more and expand upon everything you know what i mean so i think that's so interesting too and it's like it's so sad, yo. It's, it's 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 very it's very ridiculous. I would say. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it is sad, and you're right. A lot of people don't think like that, and it's sad because a lot of our people don't think like that. And I go back to think, mm-hmm. why don't they think like that? And I have to realize they don't get the time to think like that. Exactly. And, and that's that's what and, it is. And that's yeah. what I realized. I'm like, yo, like it's not up to the government. It's not up to the white man. Like, yeah, it's gonna be fucked up. Like every time they do something, I'm gonna have something to say because at the end of the day, you're the government. You're supposed to be there. Like, if uh-huh. you're supposed uh-huh. to be there, and I'm not gonna let up on that. But I'm not gonna beg you. And I think right. a lot of us are begging for a seat at this table when mm-hmm. instead of just participating in building our own. Mm, exactly. And say, I don't understand why. Like, I personally don't want to be at the white man's table. They food don't be good. No incentive. Yeah. Like already off bat. <laughs> like, already off bat. I don't want to be there. Like so why right. not take the time to build our own table? And that's when it takes time for me to like look in with the sign myself. Like, yo, what am I doing within my community? What I'm seeing people struggling and all I'm doing is complaining about what's not being done. And I need to think, okay, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to get the people around me to help me do? Who's around me and why are they not helping me? Why am I not around people who can help me and fill, fill these things that obviously needs to be done, but people are lacking. That is that is something that I also definitely have um, realized through like a lot of like um, self um, reflection is like, you know, I never, ever wanted to sit at the white man's table. You know, I grew up listening to a lot of righteous things. That's something that my mom definitely enforced. You know what I mean? Like she always had us like I was like six watching Malcolm X. Like, you know what I mean? I was watching Roots when I was like barely could even talk and really realize what's exactly going on. So once I grew up, I was like, nah, this, this, I was for sure knew that the white man was not for us. So I'm like, okay, so how are we, why are we so stagnant though? Why are we, why am I still living in the peace and why are we still killing each other? You know what I mean? Why is there still beef within our community when we could just love each other? You know what I mean? Like it was just weird. So it's like, yo, what can I do? What am I supposed to do? Like I, my biggest, um, my biggest, um, um, influencer was Tupac and I was so sad that by the time I was living he was dead so it was just like damn a whole uh, like how am I gonna bring that same energy and keep that alive within our community because you know after after you know Tupac and stuff that kind of music wasn't mainstream anymore you know what I mean so it was like yo how do we keep these views flowing how do we keep our people empowered inspired to be able to change our realities you know what I mean? So we're not just stuck into what they want us to be stuck in, because they're not. We not. A lot of us aren't aren't woke. It's like we don't know what they do. We're not even caring about what they're doing. Yeah, and a lot of us are fake woke. I'm like, you can be, you can have all the education in the world, but if you're not, if you're not implying it, like you're still asleep. Like you just sleep mm-hmm. with the book next to you, like no, <laughs> no difference. And, you just sleep with the book next to you. And it's crazy you said like you kind of grew up um, radicalized, and I grew up like not saying like this was impl- implemented like through my household, but just I was heavily influenced by um, just the white culture. Like I remember my mom would like try to move around to the suburbs and things like that to have me so I can be in a white school and have a good education. And I just remember like hating myself mm. and wanting long hair and like literally saying like, I want to be white and literally saying like, I hate myself. Mm. It was even a point in time where like I changed my name because it was so difficult to pronounce. And I got tired of people asking me, how do you pronounce it? Like this, that, and a third. Mm-hmm. And once I came back, mm-hmm. like, nah, like my name isn't hard to pronounce. I hear you guys like pronounce Wishesire and like other fucking... 
mm-hmm. tremendous ass big ass words that you look at me like I'm stupid for for not being able to pronounce. But you're gonna sit here and tell me you choked up mm-hmm. on Sayaka? A three syllable name? Like right. and that's what I had to come to like a point. at this point you wild. Yeah, right. that comes up I'm like, yo, like it's nothing wrong with me. Like they're telling me like it's something wrong with me. Like I remember being in elementary school and having a rate like I remember failing the fourth grade. You don't fail the fourth grade. And if you fail the fourth grade, you seek help for that student. Like there's no reason why a child should be failing the fourth grade. And I had this yeah, teacher. I definitely did. But my teacher was like and like in like she was racist as fuck. So my grades were slipping. Mm-hmm. Anyone who who started talking to me, their grades were slipping. Things of the sort, you know. So it was just kind of wild to like see little things like mm-hmm, that, yeah. and then even call it out. Like I remember, like I was literally being bullied, and I told a teacher, "I'm like, you know, I'm being bullied." And she was like, "You can't call another student a bully." And I was like, "Bro, we just had an assembly yesterday about bullies, like." These, this is exactly yeah. what you told me the characteristics were, and I'm calling it out, and you're making it seem as like I'm crazy. Like, I feel like my whole life, like, I've just been gaslit on so many different yeah. spectrums. And when you realize that, like, you get mm-hmm. mad, like, first of all, why the fuck are you altering my reality? Why are you altering anyone's reality? Yeah. And why do you, like, yeah. how do you think this is okay? Yeah. 100%. I think it's, I think hearing about people's, you know, beings, experiences in life is so beautiful for me. You know what I mean? And that's why I really am a big supporter on transparency, because if we just are just open about our experiences and our background, you would see such a dis- the similarities, even though that they're different in some ways, but there are similarities. You know what I mean? Like how you you know, have seen the self-hate within yourself because of the you know, communities that you've been around, even though the communities have been majority white there's still things that are influenced by the society that allows you to be discouraged as a black woman in america and it's like for me you know i wasn't i wasn't around black communities because i lived in the peas and the peas was filled up you know of majority of black people but because i was born under islam and and and, and being a muslim it was way different than the regular black person in the, the projects you know what i mean there's certain things that i was growing up to believe that other people didn't believe and there were certain ways that i had to live that other people wasn't living so it was like damn like you know i can't wear shorts and i want to show off my legs but maybe my legs aren't cute enough or my mom would be like you know like that's 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 being like a hoochie mama or that's just being too sexy you know what i mean so it was like dang like I can't do stuff like that. So it would make me like hate my body and make me feel not beautiful. Or like, or like, um, um, there was another point I wanted to express too, um, of like, just, just me, just, just wholly me being different from, from black people because I was Muslim. So it was like, I was getting the, I was getting the, the racism from certain white teachers that were in a black school because I lived in a school that I, I went to a school that wasn't, you know, it was like a low grade school. You know yeah. what I mean? It was. It was like yeah. I don't know if you know about like no child left behind. Yes. Like program. Yeah. Like if the school was doing bad, then they would try to get you out the school to be in like a better school. But you know, majority of the schools that I was going to was not doing well. A lot of kids weren't doing well, and the teachers were really discouraging. So it's like the schools were bad. My community was bad, and I feel like I didn't fit in with either. So it just made me feel like I didn't fit in at all. Like you know, like I was just living just to live, but I was. I wasn't enjoying my life at all so it's just like the similarities of like bringing on that self-hatred because like you know everything is everyone is not taught to love each other you know what I mean it's not it's not taught to love each other and and to be unified with each other white people are are privileged and black people are hating out hating themselves so they're hating us no so it's just honestly i wholeheartedly believe that even white people aren't even raised to love each other and that's where i think their biggest downfall is because you can obtain all this power but the way i look at it they're trying to make people of color obsolete they'll rather have the whole world looking brown than have all these different varieties of people it's like even you can get Mm -hmm. the earth to a point where everyone looks the same and it just goes back it just repeats it goes full circle back to when you know they had slaves of every different race and they're like hey it's easier mm-hmm. to identify them if they don't look like us and then go from there like they hate mm-hmm. themselves so much that they hate that they'll kill each other you know what i mean that they would literally 
take each other mm-hmm. down, they'll kill themselves. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Like they'll kill themselves trying mm-hmm. to uh, like obtain that power. And it's like I see why I was raised around so much. I see why they hate themselves and why they made me ha- try to or try to make me hate myself. Like, and I understand it. it's like I'm saying like I'm empathetic towards not saying it's right but like damn that's a lot of hate to live with like if you would rather you know sacrifice yourself for the money the power whatever that comes with it like how much are you how mm-hmm. uncomfortable can you be with yourself and how could I ever expect you to do anything right for us or try to teach me how to love myself but you go out to other places exactly. that are really poor and it's like love is all they have and they thrive off of mm-hmm. it and it's like I'm not saying their standards or their situations are good because they should have a lot of better living conditions but that love yeah. is still there. They're able to get through life with a smile on their face because they feel love because they have a sense mm-hmm. of community, they have a sense of unity. They have a sense of belonging. Rather, you come over here in America and they're like, you don't have to belong. You could be yourself. And you have all these individuals, quote unquote, being themselves, but still feel like there's something wrong because you don't belong. Because we do, yeah. need, like, you know, we do need human interaction. We do need human approval and validation. But you just have to figure out where are you seeking it from and why are you seeking it? Because you don't know something's yeah. normal or not until you express like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Is this okay? Is this normal? Like, is there a more efficient way for me to go about it? Is there a more efficient way that this could be done? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think I think that's why transparency is so key because if we would be transparent and not live within the ego or live with pride, then we would see the similarities within the communities, within white and within black, you know what I mean? Like we're both victims, you know, it's not, it's not just only black people being a victim of society or the government. White people are definitely victims too. Like even the government's a victim, like you're a victim to yourself. Yeah, 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 like all that, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just so interesting, you know what I mean? And I would definitely, majority of my work is about, you know, black and brown, communities but you know I, I i express whenever i express my work to a white person i definitely you know allow them to understand how similar our communities are in a sense even though that they're more privileged and they have more you know um opportunities to do certain things i just do it on a deeper level yeah. within like being a being and being a soul yeah. you know not really with the external validations it's just like the, the the basis like if we get in real down to it in the deeper sense we're the same like <laughs> nah and i feel you. i have a so, friend he was like you yeah. have to stop worrying about what you have that's so different from people and focus on what you have in common because from there you'll be able to go further and that's what like mm-hmm. I, yeah i try to explain that like i i Good wish advice. people understood that too like there's no way like you can be racist and happy. There's no way you can be homophobic and happy. You can't carry that much hate in your heart where you want someone else to be dead and be happy. It's like, why don't you want yourself to be happy? At the very least, like, fuck anyone else. Fuck what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. How is your soul living with that? How are you, like, you know, conditioning yourself or allowing yourself to believe that you're okay, that you're happy, that this is normal? Mm -hmm. And that shit sucks Mm -hmm. for them, too. I think that shit sucks even more because, like... You don't even see it. Like, at least I see it. Like, at the very least, at least I see it. <laughs> that's why. That's why they even more victims. Cause it's like, damn, oh, like, like, for real. <laughs> to see more of Shahada and her work, find her on Instagram at Hada's underscore art. That's H A D A A. HS underscore art or visit her website linked in this episode's description box. We love being able to amplify voices, organize art shows, give artist grants, residencies, and produce unique content for you. To keep our platform going, we need your help. Visit weromfreely.org slash donate to support however you can. If it's $5, $20, or $100, it really does make a difference and supports our mission in increasing representation of women and non-binary artists of color. Thank you. We Roam Freely is currently accepting submissions from visual artists for our March 2021 virtual art showcase. For more information on this podcast guest, as well as submission links, please visit this episode's description box and follow us on Instagram at We Roam Freely. And don't forget... Whatever that thing is, do it.